the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. The Dow celebration of 20,000. Is it here? Is it here? Are we ready to break out our party like it's 2,000? Those were some pretty cool glasses, right? Sunglasses or glasses that 2,000. Well, it's not here yet. And... Maybe it waits yet again. The Dow 20,000 celebration on ice. We still have a couple hours to go in the market today. But the ice hasn't melted. That's the good news. Expectations are high that we will partay like it's Dow 19,999. And that the party is going to happen before the end of 2016, if not today. But just how much of a gap... Uh, will there be for us to fill today? We started the day off, you know, within, you know, throwing distance. Uh, we were about 19,940. Now we're at 20 points below that. That's okay. Um, that's okay. We're within throwing distance. Can we do it by the end of 2016 is the question. And you know what? I just want it to get over with. It's the craziest thing because I don't buy into the hype. I, I fight the power, but I don't buy into the hype. Um, if you turn on CNBC, Bloomberg a little bit, but CNBC for sure, you'll see that there's a, you know, hey, we're going to do a three-hour special tonight if, 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 if this is the day. And uh, it's just a round number. But I want to get it over with because people are getting excitable about it. Yesterday, everything drifted kind of lower. Um, it was a holiday trade stamped, signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, that's what it was. There's not a lot going on. Today, I was like, okay, I need to pack 
my jacket, my shirt. I need to pack gym clothes. Maybe not gym clothes. Maybe it's going to be down 20000 Um It's the holiday season, so I'm starting to put together some ingredient lists and things like that. Um, the holiday list, you know, is, is kind of like Trump and the, uh, what should I be buying? What's on sale today? And that's something I promised to do in 2017 a little bit more. Um, I think I've done a very nice job of telling you what I buy and sell personally. And sometimes I kind of give you the bigger picture from what New Focus Financial does with dividend stocks. Um, I'm going to try to do a little bit more of that. But with that being said, be cautious because do-it-yourself investing is cute. But it gets complicated when you start getting emotions involved, whether it's greed or fear. So if you can write down your financial plan, it's great. Most people can't. If you can't figure out... I've got a pretty good idea of what my budget is and what my monthly expenses are. Most people have no clue. So anyway, Friday's volume totals could be the low mark of the year. So today is going to be weak. Tomorrow, screw that. I'm not coming in. I'm going to go shopping. (laughs) I'm not going to go shopping. Uh, Maybe I'll go. You know what I haven't done in a long time is see a movie. Maybe I'll see a movie. Um, with that, you know, with respect to all the data, no, 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 I want to see Star Wars. Um, I want to see Star Wars. It's a big action movie. Kylo Ren's not in this one, is he? I didn't like Kylo Ren. He kind of looked like a millennial bratty Darth Vader. But I hear the new Star Wars shows you Darth Vader's lair. Oh. And Darth Vader's lair is on the same volcano planet that he got his all burned up in the third movie. What torture to have your castle, your 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 your, your getaway, to be in a with a place where you got beat up. That's like me hanging out on the you know building my house on the third ground third grade playground, right? There's no good memories there. Your house, your castle should be somewhere cool. Tatooine. No, that's a desert planet that's kind of barren. That's why Obi-Wan went there. Anyway, I digress. So I want to see a movie. Um, with respect to data right now, third quarter GDP came up and it was revised up to 3.5%. That's pretty good, up from 3.2%. But what? when is the third quarter? Oh, it's already happened. And there's that phrase that you're going to hear because legally a lot of people have to say it. Past performance is not indicative of future results. And that's so 1989, like, gag me with a spoon. Um, what happened in the third quarter happened in the third quarter. I'm a valley girl and there's no cure. Ah, I think valley girls, valley talk was the first example of vocal fry, right? Right? Like, vocal fry is something that's been really big in the last couple of years, where millennial girls are trying to sound smarter than they really are. And some millennial guys are doing it, too. They're like, oh, my God, he is so hot. Um, I think that came from Valley Girl, 1983 movie, whatever, with Nicolas Cage and Gag Me with a Spoon. Well, I guess that's not... She was more like, oh, God, God, no. So I can't even do it. I can't figure it out. <laughs> there we go. I, I was asking for it for such a long time that it had to come. Okay. There you go. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Stop, stop, stop. Back to work. Um, so third quarter GDP was uh, revised up to 3.5%. So that's a great number, and historically it's going to look lovely. 
but it really doesn't do much for us right now. The upward revision was driven by non-residential fixed investment, personal consumption expenditures, state and local government spending. Durable orders declined 4.6%, so we got a little bit of economic data today. And durable orders uh, declined for non-defense aircraft and parts acting as a major drag, like a company like a Boeing. So future orders, though, were good, which is nice. Initial claims for the week ending December 17th, people who got laid off. Uh, well, thanks, Biff, for coming to the Christmas party. And look, I'm sad to say this, but we're letting you go. Uh, Biff goes, he walks down to the unemployment office and files his continuing claim, or files his unemployment claim. So that number's under 300,000 for the 94th consecutive week. That's impressive. So Obama is handing Trump a pretty decent, smooth run in the economy with flaws. You know, we could ask for higher wages, we could ask for a lot of things. Um, but he's handing it to him that way, and it's going to be interesting to see, because one of the things that Trump wants to do is spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure, but yet we are already at 5% unemployment, and the jolts, the job openings reports are good, so if people want jobs, they can go get jobs, so I'm not sure spending a trillion dollars, I'm not saying it's it's bad, I, I don't know if that's going to be the first, I don't know if that should be the first priority, and that's just me and you talking, I'm talking a little smack. Micron is picking up some steam uh, today, up 12% after it issued some upbeat second quarter guidance. Strength of Micron is expected to contribute to relative strength today for the semiconductor industry. I like seeing the semis lead. They're a good indicator when they're leading. Weight Watchers, uh, Disney just opened up a brand new attraction called Oprah Mountain. Uh, but now they may have to shut it down because Weight Watchers stock is spiking after Oprah reveals a 40-pound weight loss. So she she got onto the program. They gave her a lot of equity. She gained weight. Stock goes down. Then she loses weight. Stock goes up. I'm not going to... No comment from me. Uh, I know. Oprah Mountain Disney. You'll laugh later. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. We That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, boy. Not sure about country music. Giving a lot of leeway to my producer. It's Mac. John Mayer. Oh, it's John Mayer? Oof. Oof. I'm so, I apologize to my mom 
I apologize to my family, generations before me. I, I know I just broke the John Mayer ban on the show, and now the curse is put back into effect. I won't be able to have children. John Mayer on my airwaves has brought the curse back. I'm so, so, so sorry. Okay. Okay, now that we got that going for us. A um, couple things. There's, I, I always want you to think of income as something that you... is dynamic. Like, there's multiple ways to do it. And the, the biggest mistake to do is to find someone that says, this is the way to do it. Of course, your job is, is a great income play, right? Um, because you get a paycheck. But also, I want you to approach your income as once you're like 60, 65, consider paying off your house. And then that's extra income that comes back to you in retirement. That, it should kind of work like that. And I'm not saying this is set in stone, because it's not. But it depends on how much assets you have, how much equity you have, um, what your mortgage rate is, your ability to service that mortgage. I'd be very cautious on annuities. A lot of people who sell annuities have major conflicts of interests. Um, and I've, there's radio shows on other stations that the guy promotes, you know, taking your 401k and rolling it over into an annuity. And, uh, he shows you some very misleading statistics. And every time you do it, every, you know, million dollars, he's making 9,000 plus dollars. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Every 100,000 is 9,000. So you can figure out how the, the profits are huge. And how, you know, putting pressure on people works. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a financial planner. world of investing can be complicated. Bonds, bond funds, corporate bonds, junk bonds, convertible bonds. It's pretty intimidating stuff. Chad, what do we need to know about funds of bonds? Um, well, I think the first thing you need to know is that my preferred tactic when it comes to bonds, when interest rates are steady or going down, is to be able to ladder a bond portfolio where you actually can buy individual bonds, especially in retirement. That way you take, you know, if you have 30 to 50% of your portfolio going into bonds, you would take maybe a, you know, ladder it out and buy bonds that mature in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And so that every wait, every five years, you have a kind of a tranche of money coming to you that you either use to replenish your safe money or go out longer and get a higher rate of return. That's not where we are in this economic cycle. We're extremely low interest rates, historically low rates. Um, so, and, and bonds are kind of cycling. In other words, a bond might have the highest value prior to, um, you know, being held to maturity. Some of them end up trading at a premium. It's a good time to sell them. So some of the bond managers, some of the no-load and institutional bond funds are a better place to be right now because it is, I think, a much more confusing and tough place to be than the overall stock market. I, I agree with that. I, I, and I think most people in the financial industry agree that bond traders, really good bond traders, tend to be a bit smarter than really good stock traders. I think, um, that's, I think that's true because... I always call the bond market smart, whereas the stock market's kind of reactionary. 
Yeah. Um, and, and there's just different things that occur in the bond market that you have to keep an eye on versus just, hey, let's analyze the company or the revenue is growing or the profits growing, things like that. So anyway, so there's, there's, you know, bonds that are out there. There's basic bond funds. There's, there's U.S. government bond funds. There's Ginny Mays, which are mortgages. There's corporate bond funds. There's high yield bond funds, which we all have to remember. Those are called junk bonds, really. That's what they used to be called where they're companies that don't have that great a credit, but now they're just called high-yield bond funds, so everybody's flocking to them because they pay higher rates of return. Well, I remember back in the early 90s when junk bond funds were paying you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%, and now they're kind of at the 5% range. So I think a lot of investors are investing in that area, not realizing some of the risk. Uh, also, a lot of the high-yield or junk bond funds have changed their perspectives to allow them to buy 10 to 20% of the portfolio in stocks. So there's now stocks hiding in some of those bond funds. And a lot of investors don't even know the risk that's inside their portfolio. Um, you know, we have that what is your risk number mm-hmm. in at our website, newfocusfinancial.com, and, and that's kind of a way to start the process of what is your true risk number, what is your risk tolerance when it comes to dollar values and being able to perceive what 10% down versus 10% up really looks like based on your portfolio value, and then we can actually compare it to your existing portfolio. Um, the kind of bonds that I like now are what's called unconstrained bond funds because the bond market is all over the place because of geopolitical events, because of currency events, uh, because of mortgage supply and demand. There's different things. Um, we've even seen short periods of time where, even though there's no inflation right now, where treasury inflation-protected bonds sold off too much and created a value. So we're using some unconstrained bond funds where the manager not only has the ability to kind of go anywhere and find some good deals, but they also have the ability to hedge against interest rates movements. Um, and those tend to not be great for long-term holds, studies have shown. But for periods of kind of sideways moving or increasing interest rates, they can be good. So I look, them, look at them as maybe three- to five-year holds, for example. I have some of my bond position in global bond funds where... where uh, buying sovereign debt of different nations, and the manager has the ability to decide whether or not they want to hedge against that nation's currency. For example, um, recently, um, you know, we're dating this, recently we were talking about with one of the global bond managers that they think the peso is undervalued, for example. So they're buying some of the uh, bonds from America, I guess you could say, but uh, also buying the currency there, which is, but in other nations, they don't like the currency because the dollar's going up. So you see what I'm saying, Rob? When it comes to bonds, there's some values around the world, but then you got currency and political risk. So the bond traders have to be a little bit smarter. They're almost like alternative funds. There's also some, you know, global alternative bond funds. If you look at the bond market when we had our debt crisis and kind of what the bond market did with QE, you know, 1, 2, Operation Twist, or we had quantitative easing Operation Twist and basically QE 1 through, what, 4, 1 through infinity maybe. And there was a lot of opportunities that were created in different mortgage bond markets, high-yield markets and things like that. And there's some pretty good global alternative bond funds out there as well that are looking at emerging markets in Europe and based on ECB's quantitative easing approach and saying, we're seeing the same opportunities as we saw in the U.S.
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. When the walls come tumbling down And the love shines all around And the dogs of all come around No more, no more reports I'm Rob Black, talking money, invested in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Anything you'd like to talk about, we can talk about like a little more interaction from you in 2017, if at all possible. I know it's uh, goofy to call a television show or a radio show at times. Um, I do both radio and television. We're kind of waiting on Dow 20,000. Eh, not my thing. Uh, it's just a big round number. Auto sales reached new record. Um, that's more my thing. So there's some big industries in the United States that we pay attention to. There's some big data. Um, I think the most important piece of data that I could talk to you about on a regular basis is probably tied towards uh, jobs and employment. First-time unemployment claims were good. Uh, we're creating jobs, but not a lot of wage inflation, you know, just to be honest and fair. Uh, but... One of the industries that has a lot of jobs is the auto industry. And I know it make, total makes sense to you if you think about it. You start with the guy who makes steel or the guy who owns a steel factory or the guy who is a miner and is getting nuggets out of the ground and iron ore and firing up the, the stoves and delivering it via a truck and uh, the paint companies and then the finance companies and then the... Uh, back office people and then the front office sales people auto sales are narrowly going to reach new record this year topping last year's by a mere 5,000 vehicles that's good news and bad news uh, if I were to tell you you're going to have the greatest love making year of your life or if I were to tell you you're going to run the fastest mile of your life if I were to tell you that you're going to make the highest income of your life there's nothing but down from there not necessarily, but it's tough to keep that momentum going. So auto sales reached new high in 2016. That's a winner. I'll call that a winner, and I'll move on, and I'll say um, there's a lot of discounts. Uh, I would always try to buy a vehicle with a discount or buy used. Used is the way I like to do it. Uh, Two-year used is ideal. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com and talk a little Bay Area real estate. Joining me now, BayAreaLoanSource.com. We've talked a little uh, real estate and flipping and such. There's always risk, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't talk about on radio and television is the, the side where timing's not right. It does go back to the fact that uh, you know when markets hit high, it's a little nervous for people to get into it. That's why I think seasoned um, Investors, well, I mean, I, I don't like saying flippers because a lot of people who are doing these rehabs on these properties, sometimes Wait, they live flippers? in flippers, flippers <laughs> would, um, you know, they, they, they leave themselves options open. Um, I'm, I'm working with a client that owns 15 properties in Alameda County and he's thinking about selling and buying more and then rehabbing some of the ones he has and raising some rents. And, you know, he's really looking at some of the options for, um, you know, 
new and old, uh, you know, expansion of his pro- of his portfolio. Um, so as a seasoned investor flipper, um, you know, sometimes there are options to keep, especially with high rents, and it's one of the reasons why I think that. You know, going in with uh, cash into a property, mm-hmm. uh, getting a small discount on on the property that nobody else can buy with a, a, a loan, yep. and then turning it possibly into a rental. I mean, I've seen people buy con- and, and do several condos, uh, not condos, but like an apartment turn and do condo conversions, and then sell off two and keep the other two as rentals. I mean, there's a lot of options when there's. My fear is that a lot of people don't see the fear. A lot of people don't see. The no, fear. I, and I get that. I mean, I'm uh-huh. trying to tell you that there there are. People out there that have already done this and experienced it and have a little bit of, of uh, you know, reserves to fall back on if they have to, but they also have resources that are around them. They have they have resources that are around them. Now, let me give you an example though. I know a couple who she just moved to Phoenix, Arizona, because her husband was going to get rich. He was going to get rich. He was going to get rich. He was going to get rich. And then six years later, he never got rich, and he just got credit card debt. And you may have that idea that you and your honey love each other, you and your sugar bugger. And you sing to each other every morning. Even though I ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. You may think that, but women leave when the money doesn't come. She took the kids and left. Um, and I just don't... I, I, I've got another friend. Her and her husband are pushing 50, probably mid-40s. Their retirement plan, not the 401k. The number one best way to save money for retirement is the 401k. But their retirement plan is... Over the next 15 years, we're going to save money, and we're going to buy a 7-Eleven. I'm like, that's kind of risky. My neighbor, his retirement plan is if my house goes up 3% a year each year for the next nine years, I'll have enough. And that's kind of risky because in 1989, when the earthquake hit, it took seven years. If you were, if you were what is it, appraised the day before the earthquake, it took seven years to get back to that appraisal rate. I wonder what happened with mortgage loans back then. I bet they were like, uh, we're, we're on hold right now. You know, they, when the Napa earthquake hit, they put out a couple disclaimers about um, reappraisals on properties, and they had certain inspections that had to be done in order for those appraisals to go through. So, yeah, it's, there's, there are things like that. But, you know, there, there's a, there is a class of people in the – or a category of people in the Bay Area especially, uh, and, and this extends out to places like Napa and Sonoma and Santa Cruz and, and Monterey County, all, all the places where there's, you know – uh, desirable homes where people are have bought over the last six, seven years, you know, when prices have been going up and, and they may have flipped. and uh, But that flip may have taken them to buy the property, live in it, fix it up, add a room, upgrade, then sell, and then buy another place, do the same thing and do the same thing. That's eventually going to come to an end. Um, and, and they are category, categorizing these Profits, these rate of returns up to 48% now um, is the average of, uh, of a flip, and that's pretty big. Hold on, did um, you say flipper? <laughs> you know, you did start this whole conversation. I, you lose me sometimes when you go like 48%. I think you've said the number 48% three times. But, and it's all about how. Say one more. Say one more. No, I'm not going to say it. I'll say 50%. Okay. Almost, near, say near almost 50. near 50. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you lose, and I think that's part of the point, is I think there's some affordable rental markets. So I think there's some affordable buying markets. And I think that's where people should look instead of just make a lot of assumptions. And, like, I hear a guy pushing Dallas radio, Dallas real estate. Have you ever been to Dallas? Not that I can recall. Nothing but land. Construction laws, they'll give you a permit, like, if you show up at the barn. You want to build a high-rise? Go ahead. Build a high-rise. Woohoo! Take the six-shooter. 
So I'd be very cautious. Yes, there's a relatively good job market in Dallas. Not terribly diverse, um, but good nonetheless. Be cautious. So most affordable housing markets. Cleveland. I keep seeing that one come up again and again and again. I wouldn't want to live in a city that river the river caught on fire. So I wouldn't want to live in Cleveland. I've been near Cleveland. I had a friend that lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is pretty close. Um, and it's just a cold, brutal winter. So too much for me, but very affordable. So, But sometimes, and that's the thing about the people in there under 35, they'll be like, I want to own a house at some point in time because we made a baby. My baby needs a home. Um, so, and they'll look at the affordable markets. Salt Lake City. I've heard nothing but great things about Salt Lake City. I, I have too. I mean, it's it's still the West. Um, I think a lot of jobs uh, and companies are recognizing this too, and they're moving their you know sub some of their offices to these locations, and, and that goes all the way to Denver and Boise and Portland, Seattle, and, uh, and Phoenix. I, I don't know much about Las Vegas. Know, those kind of operations, but desert. Um, desert. But Salt Lake City is beautiful. I've been there several times. Um, I have a couple friends that live there and say that you know the economy's doing well. He's in uh, uh, he he is a uh, in light construction and he has a very booming business right now. He says he cannot stop working. It's it's, it's so busy. So you have a feeling that that Salt Lake City is is going to be. It could possibly be a next little uh, you know Western hub of some sort. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Some headlines to talk about. Uh, Verizon still hasn't backed away from the Yahoo deal. In large part, a lot of people want to label Yahoo a loser, but they're really not. Um, yes, they've been hacked, and yes, they have a lot of problems. No, they're not Google, and no, they're not Facebook. But when you're top 10, when you're 7, 8, 9, 10 in the world of Internet, you're not bad. Speaking of losers, Volkswagen expected to pay a billion dollars in emissions scandals. Um, another billion dollars. <laughs> and they're going to fix another 80,000 Volkswagen, Audi, and Porsche cars. I've always thought Porsche cars were for the insecure. I know you're saying, I have a Porsche. <laughs> I would reason to bet that on some levels you've got some insecurity issues that you should probably deal with with a therapist. Uh, they're not practical. So, Amazon gets U.S. patent for countermeasures to protect drone delivery. That is such a cool thought. So, drones flying over and someone tries to hack it. Maybe they're shooting electrical sparks at it. Maybe they're sending code into it. And uh, the drone's going to be able to fight back. I like it. I like it a lot. 20 years ago, Apple did one of the best things they've ever done. They bought Steve Jobs back. $400 $400 million went into buying his company next and brought him back. Our smartphone turns 10 years old next year. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Still no Dow, 20,000. Getting there. It's not there yet. So, what can we talk about? A lot to talk about with 2017. It's the time of the year when financial firms lay out the predictions. Some of them silly, some of them great. Something to think about. I just want you thinking about money. The micro versus macro events that will drive this 2017 returns. Um, Post the financial crisis, investor returns on Wall Street were largely a big kind of uh, factor was the low interest rates. And the super duper low interest rates have probably come and sailed. Super duper. But still super low interest rates are good. Um, there's a lot to be said where we are on the 10-year treasury, 2.5, 2.6%. You want a higher 10-year treasury. You want it around 3, 3.5%. It's showing you that you know there's some inflation. When there's inflation, there's typically wage inflation. Uh, that's part of the inflationary scenarios. Typically, not always. This year may be the inflection point for markets and management styles to kind of flip a little bit. So it's pretty clear that this was the year that growth finally gave up the throne to value. And, you know, the FANG stocks, the Facebook, the Amazon, Netflix, and Alphabets, they're going to perform well. Um, But I doubt that they'll, you know, do it to the exclusion of all others. I think we're looking at a decent year. But again, it's too early to tell. Um, That's one of the things you have to kind of almost pound the table. The one area that I'm probably most nervous about is consumer staples, because consumer staples, things that you have to have, that also had nice dividends, they don't have a lot of organic growth. Companies like Coca-Cola, you know, it's a nice company, and short of, you know, potential mergers and acquisition, there's not a lot of catalysts for, like, I'm going to drink twice as many Cokes this year. Now, I might go get the new Apple phone if it cures hemorrhoids, but Coca-Cola, not so much. So, I would say, like, one of the areas that I'm saying, be cautious on, it has to be um, consumer staples. I want you to consider um, value, but consult a broker advisor. I think one of the challenging dynamics that a lot of people are seeing, a lot of people on Wall Street are saying financials. And there's an ETF called XLF. Um and it should be taken a look at. It shouldn't be bought. You should always consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. I don't know you. You're not my friend. Um, I do the show to try to get you to retirement. I do the show to give you good second opinions. But I don't know you. So I think um, XLF should be looked at in large mark because there's a big rotation that's likely to go on. So a big rotation. And uh, financials aren't stupid. So if we do get inflation, you're going to see that 10-year treasury kick higher and higher and higher. And that would be really good for financials. So if, and there's a lot of ifs and buts. If ifs and buts were kind of not so what a party would have. Uh, if we do get inflation, then we'll probably see higher treasuries. If we do see higher treasuries, we'll probably see higher financials. 
because people will have jobs, people will be doing more transactions, people will be borrowing money. It all goes into kind of a the wheels on the bus go round and round kind of thing. Um, so, changing topics ever so slightly. Quiet session. Holiday weekend is approaching. Strength and energy and utilities, not much else. But not a lot of weakness either. Uh, crude oil erased nearly all of yesterday's losses. So on a, uh, tomorrow's weekly Baker Hughes recount data, natural gas features gave up a portion of initial gains despite a report of a larger-than-expected drawdown. So supply is not a problem. Supply, we're oversupplied on energy. So the question is, can OPEC pull enough supply out to hurt the gas companies and to hurt the oil drilling companies to say, we don't want to drill at these levels, we don't want to pull gas out of the ground at these levels? So that's going to be a big question of 2017. Um, one of the analysts that I follow, pretty good guy, uh, he was talking about energy. He thinks has a f- decent first half. It's had a great second half this year, but a decent first half next year, and then an awful second half next year. It's too early to predict that, but based on supply issues, um, he thinks you know we're going back to $45 barrel of oil. So there's some ETFs that I want you to take a look at. You know, we oftentimes talk about income. One of them is the Vanguard REIT fund. And there's so many REIT funds out there, and you should start by learning to compare. I don't think picking stocks is about winning. Winning! I think picking stocks is about playing the game and comparing. Um, Sad, sad, sad news, in my opinion, was when you started seeing the Trump rally. You know what the Trump rally is, right? Uh, How many people in America participated in the Trump rally? And the Trump rally in stocks, it it sounds kind of almost stupid to talk about. Um, It doesn't sound normal. It doesn't sound natural. But the stock market generated about $1.8 trillion in paper profits since Election Day. But 52% of Americans have stocks. 48% have nothing. Um, nothing. That's the lowest stock ownership rate in 19 years. Now, I can open up an app on my phone right now and take a look at my stock portfolio, and it's at or near all-time highs. Um, And it's a shame that people don't participate in stocks because, A, there's almost no commissions now. Barriers to entry are cheap. Diversification is easy. Um, Companies like Vanguard and Fidelity do a great job of offering diversified ETFs. Uh, But the fallout of the Great Recession took a toll on Americans and their sense of financial well-being. It's a little bit on the sad side, because fear is a powerful emotion, and it's something you have to kill. So 48% of Americans missed out on the Trump rally that added $1.8 trillion in value. Take a break. I'm Rob Black. You can always find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.